0: Hello and welcome, and you know what day it is, because it's Monday, and why is it Monday? Because we are here, that's how you know it's Monday. Nope, it's not Sunday anymore, it's time to work, and to get you to work productively, we have another special guest today with special skill set, and from special place from Netherlands, Chris Fennin. Hello, Chris.
1: Hi, thank you very much, Jim and Lucy, thank you for having me on the show. It's our pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining us, and uh, we know that your specialty is communication at work, and you help many people, including IP, IT specialists who have real problems often in workplace to try to communicate their needs and their mind to everybody around, and you help them. How do you do that?
1: I, I do. I, I focus on a couple of things that you won't find in normal communication training, A lot of communication training will be around public speaking or body language and active listening. And I don't teach any of those things. I teach one of the things that that's missing from a lot of comms training. If you've ever been to communication training, you've probably been given the advice that you should be clear and concise. That makes sense when we want to communicate. We don't want to be long winded. We should be clear and concise. But it's very rare that you get told how to do that. and so. What I did was I worked with a bunch of other very, very smart people and came up with a specific method for exactly how to be clear and concise when starting your conversations, your emails and your meetings at work.
2: Well, that's kind of interesting. I hadn't even thought of that in terms of
1: even emails for that. But you're absolutely correct. Oh, yes. Emails are, Emails are some of the worst. You, you can open an email and it'll be like reading War and Peace or the latest yes. 27th Harry Potter. It's a thousand pages long and it's just solid text. There's probably five questions buried inside those paragraphs somewhere and you have to dig through it to try and get to the, the salient, understandable points. And email, particularly with remote working now, email is far more prevalent, far more common than corridor conversations we, we don't have a lot of corridors to bump into people anymore so yeah email mm-hmm. communication is is so important and we get told make it short but we rarely get told exactly how to do that
2: it's like we're falling in love with our own words
1: oh we do we do we it's... fall in love with our words and we don't know when we don't have confidence in what we're trying to say so we think we need to explain more or someone's not going to understand my point or they might misinterpret it. So let me explain it in a couple of ways and then give all the backstory. And on top of that, we as people love to explain things in the order in which they happened. Which mm. means we start at the beginning, but the really important thing is how did it end and what do I need you to do? The Everything yes. before that is kind of irrelevant, <laughs> but we love telling things in, in the order in which they happened. Interesting.
0: That's interesting. There, another thing that some of our clients encounter when, for example, switching from office job to the freelance career, is the need of digital communication when you need to be not just clear and concise in chat or email, and actually statistically millennials and next generation, Gen Z, Trugans, call, they prefer message over call most of the time and uh, some people have trouble delivering the message at all because sometimes when you type the sentence it can come up rude when in fact you don't mean it to be rude
1: that is true that is true and there's actually a, a- Somebody who who I'm quite a fan of has recently released a book called, I'm not going to promote somebody else's book on the the show, Um, Erica Dewan, and she's written a book called Digital Body Language that addresses exactly the point that you've raised in that how we present ourselves digitally, if someone puts two exclamation marks, that might mean they're excited, but the person reading it might think, well, why are you angry and shouting at me? So the uh-huh. way we present ourselves is—it's so easy to misinterpret, and we just don't think about it because we're like, "Oh, I'm excited!" Exclamation! 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 And the other person's thinking, "Well, that's unprofessional." <laughs> oh, so
2: we so we bold every other word or make them in capital, thinking that it means <laughs> your attention when it means something entirely different.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And then and then throw in some acronyms. And one of the most unfortunate acronyms that I came across in a work situation was somebody put in an email. There would been a long email from a client and the client was upset. And then the internal email, the person just wrote WTF question mark. And they meant, what is this for?
2: <laughs> Great example. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what else it could have meant. I, I mean, interpret that as you yes. want. But yes. not only that, they'd hit reply all. So it went back to the client. It went to everybody with a WTF. And it was actually, what's this for? Because that's what their team said when they weren't clear on what the message is. Digital body language is very
2: important. So always put in is. Okay, what well, is? <laughs> that's sort of this. <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: Well, that's a new world. I actually read a report recently that said uh, that that our next generation true gen, get offended when you put period in the end of sentence instead of smile or something else. Really? (laughs) Yeah, that that was interesting to me.
1: (laughs) I I can imagine it. I can think of a couple of, as, as you say that, a few names come into mind but i i hope i hope that doesn't that i hope that's not where we're going professionally because while emoticons are really helpful to to add that little bit of color and add the emotion as as they're designed for and to sort of show this is a smiley face or a wink but but replacing a period my, that that's not something i would teach
2: <laughs> yes uh mrs murphy my old english teacher would probably no, she, she would have a conniption or something right now. She may be happy.
0: <laughs> so how do you do that? How do you come uh, clear with your communications? How do you make it, as you say, clear and concise?
1: Yeah, there, thank you for asking. There are a couple of really simple ways to do it. They only have three parts each. This is not a big, complicated thing. The very first thing you need to do whenever you're talking to someone is frame the topic, whether you're talking or writing in an email. And framing is a three-part process where you provide context, intent, and a key message. And these are the three things that we as as humans need to know to be able to understand and interpret a message. And what I mean by this is context is, what's the context of the topic? What is the topic? So I, I wanna talk to you, Lucy, I wanna talk to you about the budget for next week. That's the context. You now know of all the things in the known universe we could talk about, I wanna talk about the budget. So we're now on something at the same page. The second part is intent. What do I intend or need you to do with the information? Hey, Lucio, I wanna talk about the budget next week. I need your help getting accurate numbers. I've told you I need your help. I've given you some information so that you can process everything I'm going to say correctly. And the reason that's important is if you don't know why someone's talking to you, you actually pay less attention because your brain's saying, why are you telling me this? Do I have to take an action? Is this a question? Is this a funny story? And until you know, you won't pay proper attention because your brain's trying to work out what to do with it. So context first. What's the topic intent? What is it that I need or want you to do with the information? And the last piece is a key message. And think of that as the overall summary or a headline for what you're trying to say. And the best way to see examples of this is watch the news, because you'll turn on the news and they'll say, in sports, the two local teams are going head to head at the weekend. So you've got sports as the context. And then the key message is two local teams are going head to head at the weekend. The intent is already stated because you're watching the news. So you you know that they're sharing information. So context, intent and key message. That frames what you want to say, and then your audience knows what the topic is, why you're talking to them, what you want to talk to them about, and then they are totally prepared to have the rest of the conversation, and they've got all that key information.
2: Ah, wow, that's a good insight. Any
0: questions?
1: Well, I'm just
2: thinking about all the times, you know, when I was in college in the early years, I can remember my professor calling it flame mail because we inflame people. We think we're saying something that's subtle, but yet when it comes out to the receiver, it's even worse than when we're talking face-to-face face and someone misunderstands what we're saying. It's even worse now when they're reading it at home, trying to understand what we really meant to trying to decipher what we actually meant. Ah, and yeah. So you can't have an example. Well, we can't be upset. We wanna we want say that we're upset or chagrined about something, but when we write the words out, they come around more harsher than what we actually
1: intended to be. Yes, yes. And, we it, move. It, and I, I, I could be way off on this, but I think I was talking to, to another instructor about this and they were talking about some research. And it's when we try to withhold the emotion, we take adjectives out of what we write, which then makes it really blunt. So in an attempt to not put angry adjectives in, we take out all of the description and it becomes so factual and dum 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 dung dum that we then interpret that as somebody's just being really blunt. So you it's re- it's very difficult to do and we you can't do right for doing wrongs. So you try to t- try to avoid one problem and cause another. It's uh, it's one of the challenges of the subtlety of communication, particularly uh, in writing.
2: Chris, do you find it uh, kind of challenging to the fact is that here we are now having more meetings, webinars, training, quick devices to access communication even better than any other time in history in the last 50 years. And yet we still fail at the one thing that you're good at, communication.
1: Is it surprising? No, no, because good communication is nuanced. And really good communication has always taken time to craft and perfect. If you think about some of the, the most memorable speeches, they weren't made by people who got up for the first time and, and talked. They were people who'd practiced and failed and made mistakes and had bad stories or bad an- analogies and couldn't project and became tongue-tied. They went through all of that, and we get to see the, the perfection at the end. So I'm not at all surprised that we're not good at it. And to sort of take that a step further, I think we rate ourselves too harshly on communication skills. Because when you're on your device and you're online and you're seeing the news, you get the TED Talks. You get world famous people who've been speaking on stages for decades. And that's what we see. And that's what we measure ourselves against. What you don't see is the person's very first YouTube video from seven years ago, where they were dribbling all over themselves and couldn't look at the camera and didn't know what they were doing. What you see now is the totally polished, really good, engaged communication. And when we measure ourselves against that, we all feel bad. We feel worse about how we're doing. And actually, most people are doing okay. Look, this is excellent. It is. (laughs) This
2: is just fantastic.
0: One more question. You gave three core points, uh, rules, I would say, to how to deliver your message to be precise and accurate. But uh, generationally, we all accept messages differently. We understand them differently. And we see that it works for one generation, it doesn't for others. So is there any way to adjust, to be, like, universal, to address, to be able to speak
1: Clearly to any generation? Ah, it's a, it's a broad question because speaking clearly is more than just the first few things that you say. So, how you frame things, how you adjust what you say, the manner in which you speak, the content would change based whether you're talking to your grand or talking to a five year old. So, there are definitely differences there. But in terms of the very first things that you say to set up a conversation, they are true no matter what the age because they're based on the way our brains process information. So the context, intent, and key message is based on neuroscience and research that says, no matter what age you are, you need to know the topic to be able to push everything else out of your head. You need to know why you're receiving that topic or what the intent is, because different parts of your brain interpret information differently. Literally a different part of your brain works whether you're being told a funny story or being asked a question. So you have to know intent to know which part of the brain is going to trigger and then process the rest of the information. And then for the the headline, the key message, that works across all generations because if it didn't, children's magazines and National Geographic wouldn't have a headline, then a summary, and then 17 paragraphs. They would yes. process, they would lay out the information differently. But they don't. Everyone needs a headline. Everyone needs a summary, and then you get the rest of the information. Otherwise, you could start reading on paragraph seven and understand the story. And Mm -hmm. nobody can do that, no matter what generation you're in, X, Y, Z, Boomer, whomever. (laughs) Excellent.
0: That's great. Thank you. So one more thing before we end this episode. We have a lot of listeners from all around the world, and... We usually give some piece of advice that people can take and use, try to apply to their lives this particular week. What will be your advice, How one can, what one can do and try uh, to improve communication style?
1: One of the best things that you can do, building on what we've talked about today, is when you're talking to someone about a topic, don't walk them through everything that happened in the order in which it happened start with the thing that's most important, which is normally the end. This is the problem we've got. This is what we want to do next. Skip out all the beginning bit. If somebody wants to know it, they will ask. So if you feel yourself writing down, here's what happened, let me explain everything. Or if you feel yourself no. talking about that, just pause and go straight to the end and say, here's here's what happened, the result, and here's what we want to do next. And if you can do that, you will shorten your emails, shorten your conversations, get to the point really quickly, and save yourself a bunch of typing and talking time.
2: Chris, i am impressed. Bravo my That was excellent. <laughs> oh, thank you. That was excellent.
0: Thank you very much for sharing. So, our dear listeners, Chris's website is chrisfedding.com. You can find link in the description to this episode. Please visit and book meeting with Chris. He will be able to help you there's a lot of communicational issues that you that might be slowing you down, so think again and go do it this week. Right? Listen,
2: folks, please follow up with Chris. I mean, I, if you think you don't have a communication problem, trust me. you may want to rethink what you're doing
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Chris.
1: Oh, thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Jim. This has been a, a really fun conversation. You take care of yourself, my friend.
2: You have some excellent ideas, and I can see how this is something that benefits literally everyone.
1: Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Thank you both very much. Okay.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. This is Motivational Monday by, by Jim, Jim and Lucy. Lucy.
2: Follow our podcast.
0: And check out our website, jimandlucywoods.com.